This is a great day to celebrate together, isn't it, church family? We, uh, some of us started very early this morning over at the Polk County Fairgrounds, packing up boxes of food, and many of you, if not there this morning, contributed um, as we collected food throughout our community. And this morning, um, I don't even know how, an unbelievable number of volunteers were there packing food, and I know that uh, boxes of food were delivered to over 500 families in our community. Isn't that awesome? So, super thankful for Christmas Cheer, the organization ministry called Christmas Cheer that orchestrates that every year, and uh, what a great way to honor the Lord. Well, our series, Son of the Most High, continues, and we're in Luke chapter 2. If you want to follow along, but you don't have to pull out your Bible, I'll read it along to us, to us as well. So our series that we've been in for a few weeks is called Son of the Most High, and uh, who am I referring to? Jesus is Son of the Most High, and so we find ourselves in Luke 2, and we're going to take just a few minutes to walk through uh, a little bit more of the Christmas story from the Bible, from the truth of God's Word. We're going to do that together, and are you ready to help me? Are you ready to help me? The kids, raise your hand, kids. Let me see all the kids out there. Raise their hands. Let me see where you are, whether you're up front up here or not, okay? You've had lots of ways to participate this morning. You got to come and put on ornaments. You got to uh, come and hear a story. You got to take off ornaments. And now I'm going to need your help at times. I'm going to have the kids that want to read from the screen a couple of times, kind of serving as our narrators. And then you ladies, I'm going to call on you to speak out the words of the angels at some point. And I guess I'll give you men a part too. But, you know, I need some enthusiasm, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the men read out for the shepherds here in a few minutes. So are you ready to help me? Okay. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And just a quick note as we read that line, I love that the author, Dr. Luke, puts us right smack in the middle of real history. At a real time, in a real place, the Bible is not some story. The Bible is the historical telling of God's redemption plan. And so he puts, Dr. Luke puts us right in the midst of history. Now, who's this Caesar Augustus guy? Interestingly enough, I discovered this week that the word Augustus actually kind of has a, a meaning like holy and revered. And here's this human government leader, Caesar Augustus, being referred to as Augustus, holy, revered. There, there was even some that were kind of looking to him like he was a god. It was even said about Caesar Augustus that he would be the savior of the world. Everybody raise your eyebrow on that one. And we'll keep going. Here's where I need the kids' help for the first time. Kids, you ready? Read with me verse 3 from the screen. Ready, go. Thank you. Thank you. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. 
And in recent weeks, as we've thought about the, the, the verses in the Bible leading up to now, we've talked a little bit about the fact uh, of God's interesting choice of who he works with and where. Uh, one of the commentators that I studied this week called these, these two people insignificant nobodies from a nothing town. Not, not who you would expect God to work through in bringing a rescuer king. So Mary, very pregnant. This would be a long and difficult journey. She would be realizing that she would now be away from home and away from her family when the baby would come. And yet, and yet they were willing. Mary was willing. Joseph was willing. We've talked in recent weeks about the fact that both were humble and available and willing to trust what God was going to do. And so even though... It, it, to, a world, to a world perspective, to a human perspective, even though they might have been insignificant nobodies from a nothing town, they knew that God does what he says, and they believed him. So let's keep going. Okay, kids, I need your help one more time. Kids, nice and loud, verse 6 from the screen, go. Right on. Thank you. The time came for her to give birth, and Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. God's people had been looking forward to the long-awaited Messiah, the promised rescuer that would come and rescue his people. In fact, as God's people had looked forward to this coming Messiah, uh, the prophet Micah even prophesied the birthplace, even 700 years earlier, had said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And this kind of stuff is easy for God to orchestrate, right? We've, we've repeated to ourselves in recent weeks that God is faithful. What he says he will do, he will do. And so as we think about Jesus coming into the world, what is important about Jesus coming into the world. What is important about celebrating the birth of this baby? And one of, the, one of the key things we want to get out of this is something we call the incarnation, which means God taking on the flesh. God himself becoming one of us, joining in with humanity. Jesus is uh, God in the flesh. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is both fully God, absolutely and fully God, and absolutely and fully human. Now, why would that be? Well, one thing, you know what it, one thing it tells me? The fact that God on high, the creator of the world, the creator of the universe would come and take on human flesh, one thing it tells me is that we have a God who pursues us, who comes after us. Why did we need coming after? Because left to our own way, left to our own sin and rebellion against God and choosing our own way, we alienate ourselves from God, but we have a God who loves so much. We have a God who pursues. We have a God that went to the extent of becoming a man to come into our world to pursue us and bring about God's rescue plan. And so we also see from the incarnation that God identifies with us. Sometimes we should think of God as holy and mighty and majestic and on high but we have a God who comes near. We have a God who comes into our world and identifies with, it, with us as human beings. He sympathizes with us. Church family, do you know, kids, do you know that you have a God who sympathizes, who empathizes, who experiences what you experience? Church family, do you know that? 
Do you know that we have a great God on high who has come to be with us, to identify with us? Church family, you have a God who knows you, who sees you, and who hears you. Let's keep going. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel, ladies be ready, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And here we go. And the angel said to them, Great joy that will be for unto you And this will be And suddenly there was with the angel, ladies, one more line here, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, let me hear it with enthusiasm. Do you hear what the angels proclaimed was true about the birth of this baby? As you read it, ladies, did you look at those words? Everyone else following along on the screen, did you see what was proclaimed about this baby? Caesar Augustus, the savior of the world? Was that it? No. Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the the long-promised rescuer. Come, to rescue his people. The gospel is the spectacular news that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, we proclaim this to each other all the time here at Faith Church because we never outgrow the spectacular good news of the gospel. If you have been a follower of Jesus for 40 years, 60 years, 20 years, one week, we need the gospel. We need to be reminded the truth of this. That, that, that it's spectacular news that our God, the mighty creator of the universe, comes into our world, sends his son into our world to pursue us, to rescue us, to save us, to forgive us from our sin, to transform us into new people. God rescues sinners like you and I through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus, the birth of the baby that we celebrate here at Christmas time, the birth of this baby is the one who would go on to live the life that you and I cannot live. Jesus lived a life without sin. Never put himself where God should be. Never went outside of God's best for him. He lived the life that you and I cannot live. This baby whose birth we celebrate, Jesus, would become the man who lived the life that we cannot live, and then he would die the death that you and I deserve. Jesus willingly went to the cross, taking upon himself all of our sins, taking the punishment and consequence for our rebellion against God so that we didn't have to. God poured out his wrath against Jesus, Jesus taking our place, and because Jesus paid the penalty for our sin, we are forgiven and made right with God, And then God celebrated by raising Jesus to life. And Jesus' new life shows us that we too can have life as we follow Jesus. That's whose birth we celebrate. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Jesus. How do we respond to that gospel good news? 
we could spend a lot of time, and instead, let's let the rest of these verses model for us. Let's look to the example of the shepherds. Kids, listen with me, and look to the scriptures with me to listen how we respond to the gospel good news. When we recognize all that God has done for us, what kind of responses do the shepherds model here? Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, here's where I need your help, men, go ahead. And they went with haste. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. Church family, do you go with haste to see what God is up to in the world? The shepherds responded with haste. And they went to find Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And and verse 17 tells us, when the shepherds saw the baby, they made known that the sayings that had been told to them concerning this child. Church family, do you tell those around you what God has told you about Jesus. This is what the shepherds do here. They can't contain themselves. They see the reality of the Savior's birth, and they, and they make sure everyone around knows what the angels proclaim to be true about God. And let's keep going. Verse 18, and all who heard it, again, let's let the shepherds model for us. Is this how we consider the news of the Bible? Is this how we consider Jesus? And all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. As I studied this week, there was a a pretty convicting word from one of the commentators just pointing out that that hearing this story is one thing. That that knowing about Jesus' birth is one thing. That, that, um, That peeking into the manger, so to speak, and saying, that's nice, is one thing. But recognizing that God has come into the world and that salvation is found only in him, is something to believe and respond to. To to, to live out, to ask God to live out in you. Don't let the story go in the ears and out the other. Let the story of what God has done in the world through Jesus come in and settle in and give your life to it. Faith Church exists to proclaim the greatness of Jesus, that Jesus is the answer, that he is the hope, the joy, the peace, that Jesus is love. Those are the Advent themes that we've been celebrating. And so before I step down, before we finish our celebration and go into our rest of our Christmas celebrations and traditions and family and fun and food, Church family, know that God offers a free gift of salvation through Jesus, and and you are invited. I urge you, Faith Church exists to encourage you to respond to the good news of the gospel by putting all your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Realize that you cannot do it on your own.
real, come to the end of yourself, trying to save yourself, trying to work hard enough, trying to be a good person, trying to do all the things that you think would please God. Come to the end of that and go, Jesus, I need you. Save me. Father in heaven, lead my life. Forgive my sin and, and lead me. Faith Church exists to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And I want to say, perhaps today is the day of your salvation. If, if you are, don't yet know Christ, and if you have been walking in the darkness and difficulty and pain of, of, the, of the world, and you need hope and help and forgiveness of sin and a leader to guide your life, follow Jesus today. Okay, kids, one more time. I need you to read this last verse for us from the screen. Read Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Kids, nice and loud. He was called what? Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. The word, the name Jesus means God saves. The name Jesus means the Lord is our salvation. The Christ, church family, the Jesus Christ that was born into the world, the one that we celebrate at Christmas time, is the one that must be born in your heart. The one that must live in your heart and transform you from the inside out, making you a new person, giving you a new heart and mind and desires, saving you out of the darkness and into the light. The birth of the Savior, the Jesus that we celebrate his birth, is the one that must be born in your heart, taking you out of death and into new life. Life now and life forever with Jesus. Believe Jesus. Trust him. Follow him. Be forgiven. Be saved. And be transformed. Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you come near to us. You are not a God who remains distant, but is faithful and who does what he says he will do. And you promised the Messiah, and Jesus came. You promised to rescue your people, and Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is the way to new life and being made new and being brought into God's family. So, Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for sending your Son. Teach us to respond. God, I pray that, that those that don't yet know Jesus would respond today, that today would be the day of their salvation, that they would cry out, to Jesus to save and forgive and rescue them. And even for the rest of us that maybe already have, have walked with Jesus or followed Jesus in our lives, God, teach us to respond in faith, to behold the glory of Jesus, to come and adore him, and to rejoice no matter all our circumstances. We love you, Father. We need you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.